I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mentally yours, from Ellen and Yvette, a focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret, it's mentally, 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 mentally yours, mentally yours, mentally yours. Ellen, how are we doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, can't complain. Yeah, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, so obviously you are a very well-known boxer and you're known for that, but you retired from it. Um, can you give us, for people who don't kind of know your story, what life's been like after boxing and what you've been up to? So, um, so yeah, retired uh, in 2015. I actually had my last fight in 2013. And I took two years um, working, trying to, trying to come back, get myself in the best shape of my life at the age of 41 or two and then basically all the stuff came out in the public eye about uh, the NFL and, and CTE which is a, a form of pugilistic dementia and um, and so I had a couple of uh, you know I've obviously got injuries from a 25 year boxing career and I had a thing called convergence insufficiency which is basically like double vision especially when I'm tired which obviously I got from boxing and that probably happened in 2012 2013 um, so when all that information came out about CTC and the head concussions with, with uh, American football, I kind of just looked at looked at all the research. I'd studied it 20 years previously as part of my degree uh, in sports science, so I had a kind of familiar uh, familiarity with uh, you know the issue of, of head injuries in sport, and I just kind of had a reflection and got to look in the mirror, so to speak, and just said, you know what, God, I need to get out of my own way, because I was like 41, just about to embark on a comeback. And so that's what made me retire, um, knowing that I had some, some issues and just saying, you know, any kind of concussion, you know, I, it came out, you know, Audley's retiring because of brain injuries. Basically, any concussion is classified as traumatic brain injury. You know, so if you're, if you're concussed and knocked out totally in a boxing match or even if you just hit your head as a kid walking uh, walking on the street and you're playing, that's regarded as a traumatic brain injury. So, um, so obviously, 
I, I did have a, a traumatic brain injury, just obviously having my career, but I just wanted to clarify that that is a wide gambit when they talk about TBIs. Um, so anyway, so I retired, uh, got, out, got out of my own way, as they say, and uh, walked away from boxing. Um, and I kind of felt free. I kind of felt like I had nothing left to give. Um, so normally when somebody retires, you see with a lot of athletes when they retire, they kind of go through that down period uh, where there's a lot of darkness and depression because, you, you know, you're letting go of something that's very impactful for your life. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, the two years that I took working and, 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 and grinding in, in the pit trying to come back, it kind of allowed me to, to get away from that the darkness and I kind of didn't have to experience that because I was taking that two-year period of trying to come back and just, you know, living, living right, doing all the best things. So once I made that decision to retire, it was kind of like a freedom. Uh, I felt like I was, you know, free to move on with my life. Uh, and that's really what I've done. So I live in America, I live in California. Uh, my wife's American. I've got two kids here. And uh, fortunately for me, I invested in my wife um, back in the 2010, 2011. She, uh, she started, uh, she was like a celebrity hairstylist. So she kind of um, launched her own kind of business in 20, 20, 2010, uh, hair salon. Uh, and now she's got a, kind of like a hair care business. She's got a hair salon, hair extensions, uh, hair care products, uh, got like 15 uh, employees. So I'm like, I was the silent partner who couldn't be silent. And now I'm retired. I'm kind of, you know, I'm the co-founder and just helping her scale her business and operations. Um, Nouveau, uh, that's the brand. So I'm, I'm busy with that. Uh, I'm also busy with my my kids, uh, so I'm, I'm far more at home now, playing a role uh, with my son, who's four. Uh, my daughter, who's 11, didn't get uh, as much time at home with her because I was very focused on myself and my career. Uh, so it's kind of been a beautiful blessing to kind of turn back the clock and have a chance to, to kind of you know bond with my children. And I do a lot of volunteering still in America. I, I coach my daughter's basketball team, her soccer team. So I'm I'm definitely still involved with volunteering, and obviously you see me on the TV every now and again, whether it's you know Celebrity Big Brother or it's it's uh, Strictly Come Dancing, or I mean I haven't done that. That was uh, 20, 2010, and then um, Celebrity Big Brother, uh, Celebrity Master Chef. So you see me on TV, keeping my name out there, uh, and just kind of like just um, you know surviving and thriving, just trying to keep my head above the water, uh, even though there's been dark moments, obviously, you know, there's a connection for me with, with the Samaritans. Uh, there's been dark moments, uh, but I've always found a way to kind of land on my feet and, uh, and, and keep, and keep, and keep it moving forward. So, uh, in, in, and in men, in, when you talk about mental health and just talking about trying to optimize and, and, and live your best life, because obviously tomorrow's promised to nobody. Um, I, I'm just really passionate about people living living their life to the best of their ability and finding ways to overcome their darkness. You know, this is like, it's a big thing for me uh, because I had to do it. You know, when I lost that BBC deal in 2004, you know, my world capitulated and my boxing career went to went to poop, so to speak, because I couldn't find a way to to control control the way that I felt about you know having my power and control taken away from me when I lost that BBC deal. So, but, you know, I was never suicidal. Uh, I've never been that way because I've always had that inner intrinsic strength of character to say, you know what, I'm not giving up. That's why my kind of, my mantra is called never ever give up. And that's why I think like something like the Samaritans campaign, uh, why I found the Samaritans because 
kind of breaks my heart when I hear a suicide story, you know, and, and, and that's why um, I think the Samaritans, what they do, kind of like helping people pivot away from, you know, being overwhelmed, that kind of trauma. Uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great campaign, a great cause. Obviously, there's lots of people in the space doing it, uh, but that's kind of why, why I kind of got involved with the Samaritans and, and jumped on. Have you been kind of affected by mental health issues in any way, or have you had any experience of suicide that make made you really passionate about helping out with the Samaritans? Yeah, so I've had a couple of friends along the way, uh, which I've spoken about. I had a, I had a friend that was, um, she was like a first lady where it happened. Uh, the, the original reason why I came came on on board was just going back was the whole Sam Sarpong, who was June Sarpong's uh, brother, who passed away in 2015. Uh, I had met him over here, uh, done an interview with him, and me and him, me and him together actually was interviewing uh, uh, one of the, J- the Jackson family, presenting them with an award, and I met him. And I'd known his sister from before, and I, I don't want to bring their kind of their name out in the public because I know it's a painful thing for them. But his story, because uh, you know he was just like a vibrant character. I met him that one time, and he was just like a vibrant character. And then obviously when his suicide uh, became, uh, you know, it happened out here in California, and obviously his family was known in, in, well in the UK, so it kind of the news went everywhere. But it really affected me because I'm like, wow, he, he just seemed like he had everything going for him. And, it kind of just uh, uh, affected me, and I, I kind of said, you know, I wanted to get get involved, and that's when I, I I released a song called Never Ever Give Up. I started um, creating this song. Uh, it didn't come out until 2016, but it, it needed a home, and I felt the Samaritans. I just looked, you know, the Samaritans. I think reached out to me organically at the same time, so it was almost just like the universe was bringing us together uh, to kind of publicise the issue of suicide, and then it just kind of made me realize and think back to my life and I my my best friend back in the day Paul he's best his brother's best friend another popular guy that was just looked like he had everything going for him committed suicide uh, a friend of mine um, she was like a, a not like a social worker but like a church youth worker commit you know she was bipolar committed suicide back in the day so it kind of just made me realize how many people I've known that have committed suicide and and even like when I done this campaign with the Samaritans and released that song, Never Ever Give Up, the amount of emails and Facebook messages that I was getting, even still today, I'm still getting messages from people who are suicidal and I'm helping them, you know, pivot and, and go back. So it's almost like it's such a powerful cause for me um, that it's something that, like I said, in my darkest moment, I never, ever gave up. And that's what I say to, to all these people is that, you know, in your darkest moments, you, you, you cannot give up. And that's the, the message that I try to get across uh, when when I'm, I'm not a counsellor or anything like that. But I give my time freely because I'm passionate about it. So what's your approach in terms of when you do have those dark thoughts or you're in a dark time? What's your kind of approach to pulling yourself out of that and not thinking into it? Yeah, so the, the big thing for, for, has always been for me, and, I, and I've learned as I've gone on, is, is it's all about, Number one, never making a decision when you're emotional. So you're kind of like, I look at it like like uh, like the seasons. You know, it's like it doesn't rain forever. Uh, it doesn't snow forever. When the rain comes, it's going to come, but it's going to pass. You know, and, and it's a good way to look up your your emotional state and your mood. 
because your mood is kind of can fluctuate and can go up and down. But when you're in that dark moment, never make any decisions. So I learned that if I'm if I'm if I'm stressed or anything, even though I even though I'm like, hey, I've got stuff to do, you cannot try to make any big decisions when you're when you're in an emotional state. So that's a big thing that I I, t- I say to people is to keep your uh, keep your keep your 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 big decision making. Let the rain pass. It's gonna pass, and you've got to see it through. You know, and that's where you've got to keep your strength of character, and you've got to hold on because it's not going to be there every day of your life. Uh, and, and you and you so you've got to allow that 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 move to kind of move into something else. And then once it's into something else, you can kind of you know get back get back on your get back on your hustle, get back on your grind. That's a big thing. I think people get emotional and they make you know you you can't make a good decision when you're in an emotional state. So the biggest thing to do is, is not make any big decisions, especially about you know these people get emotional. I'm going to take my life, and you're in that emotional state, and it's been proven if you can interact. This is why you know the latest campaign of Brew Monday by the Samaritans. Like if you can interrupt somebody's thoughts while they're in that emotional state and they're overwhelmed, and you can interrupt that you know, interrupt them and, and, and change their pattern of thought, you can basically save their life. You know, research has proven that. So, uh, and I've kind of done that just by the way I am. So that's a big thing. No emotion, no decision-making when you're emotional and, and, and let it pass. What do you think we could all be doing to put a stop to suicides and prevent them from happening? Because they're still such a common problem. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely there's no there's no easy answer. I think the the biggest answer is is from within the individuals making that choice. Because I really think, you know, when they're in that emotional state um, and they can't see clearly, to, you know, because life is so precious. I mean, the biggest thing, life is so precious, and we we've only have one life. There is no uh, rehearsals. You know, it's like there is this is it, and 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 so I I really in my heart. And my soul like wants people to live for as long as they can that God blesses us you know and and so to end that prematurely and to make that choice yourself to like you say it's still such a big problem it really needs intervention and yeah it's got to come from within and I know I say that and I know you know my strength of character will not let me give in but obviously everyone doesn't have that but this is why the Samaritans is so good this is why having family support is so good you know somebody going through emotional trauma on their own uh, you know, the, the likelihood and propensity for them to then do something it, it increases because there's nobody looking out for them. Um, so, you know, if you have family, if you have friends, and if you don't, if you if there's a family member there, this is where the family is so important that family or friends are checking in on people. Uh, and, and, and this is why it's so important that humanity is, is, starts to win. You know, everyone's talking about, you know, all the, all the underbelly stuff wins, you know, like you know, not being sincere, not be having compassion, not having, um, you know, respect. All the things that I thought when I was younger, when I was just like a wild renegade. Now I'm a, a father, now I'm a husband, now I'm, now I'm an adult. I see how important those things that I didn't think were important. And having compassion for, for somebody else is, is what's going to help change this around. Like we had the elders in the community that would reach out to people and, and, and inquire about people. And, and that's, that's what needs to happen because ultimately it's going to come from within. But you have to be able to build your character. You have to be able to build your resilience. You have to be able to build your confidence. You have to be able to build your will to live. And all of those things can happen with outside support if you don't have that strength yourself. So the, the big thing about it is, is get it on the table, talk.
talking about it. So that's the thing that I think is, is good. Nowadays, in this market today, far more people are talking about mental health, mental awareness. Uh, you know, it's not such a stigma as it was when we were younger. It's things you didn't talk about. So now it's out in the open. People are talking about it. Once you're talking about it, it's going to help find solutions. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, and the solutions are, are are there for people to find. And, and, and so people have to take that journey. And, and there's lots of interventions, like like I said, uh, the Samaritans and, and other organizations that are out there pointing in on front and center so that people are aware. Because like you say, the problem is still here. Uh, but I, I think there is, there are, we are making some inroads. I know with suicide by train, the numbers have gone down. Maybe with one, you know, 20 a day or 25 a day. Now it's, it's still happening, but maybe it's one a day or two a day because all of the, all of the rail network are part of the solution and they're all trained to look out for people that, who look suicidal. They know the signs. They know, the, they know the kind of the steps. They have a protocol to kind of deal with it. So, it's out in the open, and I think it's, it's it's moving forward in a in a more positive light because it's out in the open. You mentioned before how when you were younger, you were in kind of a rougher area, you may be doing some not-so-great things, and boxing and sport kind of brought you out of that and gave you a purpose. Do you think sport could be a way to help people with their mental health, especially young people? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I think uh, any any anything that's... Uh, uh, requires um, concentration, requires your focus, requires your dedication and your attention. It's going to allow you to to move into a different um, mental state. Uh, I know once I found boxing for myself, I was 19, uh, just came out for Young Offenders Institution, felt I was expelled from two schools, no qualifications. So I was a classic poster boy for, you know, this guy's, uh, you know, he's going to be end up. You know, dead or in or in jail for the rest of his life. I was on that road. I found boxing, uh, and it turned my life around. But the difference with me was at nine years of age, I had an epiphany. I was going to be a famous sportsman. So once I found boxing at 19, I kind of knew straight. The first day I walked into a boxing gym, I was like, "Wow, this is that vision I had at nine years of old. This is that epiphany I had. This is the sport that's going to take me and make me famous." I just knew it straight away. This is the sport. So I gave. I gave it everything. You know, I, I, turned, I went to college, started going to, uh, started going to college, working three jobs, you know, started boxing. This just turned my life around because I knew it was time to get focused. And I was fortunate to, that, that God blessed me and allowed me not to get, you know, locked up for life for some of the stuff that I'd done or, or not to get killed by somebody on the streets or some of the antics that I'd done, not to get myself killed by some of the stupidity that I'd do when I was younger. So I was just blessed and graced by God that, I was able to, 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 to find it. And once I found it, I held on to it. And it got me really focused. So I had no time to, to think about um, anything but positivity and just being focused and being disciplined. And, you know, I got everything that I didn't have as a youngster. So what I'm saying is, it's not on that level, that, that focus, that drive, that determination, that really takes something to do that. But even just finding sport, you, you've had people in their life who've never ever exercised in their life. They're overweight. And then at 50 years of age, they find sport. And then you see them, they're running marathons. They've lost all their weight. They're, they're infused for life. They've had a, they had a re-injection basically for life. That's the same with mental health. It's the same way you, you, you're down in the dumps and you need something to help. You need a spark to get you off that page and get you into a new, 
way of thinking. And sport is such a great catheter uh, for that. Uh, just likewise, finding the arts or finding music or just finding anything that makes you passionate. And, and, and thinking about taking your life is not a passion. For me. That's not a passion. You know, that's like mental, when we talk about mental illness, thinking about suicide is like we need to move back from that. And if you can find something passionate that makes you want to live, we should be embracing it and we should be helping people trying to find it for sure. Since you retired, obviously your kind of main focus changed, a lot of things in your life changed. How did you make sure that you kind of continued that positive attitude and made sure that you didn't, you know, it would be quite easy to track of things how did you make sure that didn't happen so one thing that I've, I've i've kind of um had to do is always just like i'm i'm definitely a thinker and i'm definitely some somebody that analyzes a, a, a lot of stuff and i always try to end it with a with a positive you know thankfully for me i've done i've done sports psychology as, as my degree and i've even seen sports psychologists and normal psychologists along my journey just in terms of like trying to stay optimized mentally and it's all about just, like I said, it's all about the self-talk. A lot, the biggest thing that I want people who are listening to this podcast to understand is your conversation with yourself is the most important thing that you can understand for your life, for your health, and for your, for your future. When you have those moments when you're on your own and you're having those conversations with yourself, you have the good and you have the bad, you have the positive, you have the negative. I always, always, and my conversations with myself on a positive. If I'm thinking something, I never end it on a negative. I, you know, I always, if I can't, I always take away the tea and say I can. Even if I can't, I'm going to say I can. Because you have to convince yourself. If you can't convince yourself, you can't convince no. But you have to say, you know, I don't want to live no more. No, well, I don't want to live no more, but I'm going to live. I, you know, I, you can't end it. I don't want to live no more. I can't, don't want to live no more. If I ever had a thought I don't want to live no more, I would... I would change it around and say, I don't want to live no more, but I'm going to live. You know, and leave it something positive. So the self-talk with yourself, you have to always end it positive. I can't do this. I can't do it today, but maybe I can do it tomorrow. You know, and you always give yourself that out with a positive. So that's the big, I don't need no psychologist or nobody to tell me that. This is how I've been able to uplift myself. That's a, that's a big thing for people is having a positive self-talk. Uh, when, when you're going through any kind of emotional trauma, emotional drama, uh, you're really upset, you're really sad. Remember, number one, don't make any decision when you're emotional and keep your self-talk positive. Always end it positive. Even if it starts negative, end it positive. So that's a big, that's been a big, uh, that's a game changer right there. And how do you make sure you're looking after your mental health on a daily be- uh, daily basis? Are you still continuing to do sport? Are there other things that you do, like mindfulness? Yeah, my, mindfulness is a good thing. Like I said about the compassion and, and, and humanitarian, it's having that, that, that self-awareness that, you know, we're all part, we're all interconnected. You know, like I'm not really religious no more, uh, but I'm spiritual. You know, believe in God, believe in the universe, and believe that we're all interconnected which is like Buddhism, really, to some degree. But it's like my parents are Jamaicans. So I have that Rastafarianism where I believe in that we're all, we're all one. We're all, part of, we're all part of this humanity. So we all have to share in it. And we all have to understand that. So it's like, if you love, if you, the more you give, the more you get back. So the more, you're, the more you open your heart, the, the more your heart's going to be filled. It's kind of like, I didn't understand that when I was younger, but I understand that now. So taking care of myself means taking care of others. 
you know, whereas I didn't understand that I was all about me, myself and I. So not that I'm going to allow my, anybody to abuse me or allow anybody to take a liberty. You know, I got my boundaries and I, and I, and I set them. But I've just learned that if you can open yourself and give to the world and give, give to the world, the world's going to give back to you. So that, you know, that's, a, it was, that's, a, that was a big eye opener for me. And, and so when I, when I give to others, whether I'm volunteering or that's why I do a lot of volunteering, I do a lot of public speaking. It fills my, my cup. It, it allows me to feel, feel fulfilled. Um, and personally, I have moments where I, I, I think. And I, when I use those moments to think, I use those moments to center myself. You know, so whether it's, um, it's gratitude, whether it's, uh, you know, giving a blessing, whether it's just, it's just understanding that this world and our time of this world is precious. And I have that understanding now. So I have that foresight. I've, I've, I've been beaten up enough by, by, by life to, to understand that and to appreciate that. You know, so I, I know that this is, this life is precious and it's not promised to, tomorrow is promised to nobody. So I kind of have that. So I'm not so reckless and so wild. And I'm, I'm appreciative. So that, I, I think that's a big thing. I'm appreciative of how precious and how much of a miracle it is that we get to experience this thing called life. And, and it's something that we should cherish uh, uh, and something that we should try, try and find a happy place while we're here on earth. We don't know what happens after when we're not here, but we should try to find our happy place. So I take my time to try and find a happy place. And then when I find it, I try to share that with others so that they can find their, their happy place. And that makes me happy. Goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 